require titles. He doesn't require a certain criteria, certain tradition to build his tabernacle. Because God's tabernacle is not built by the hand of man. God builds a tabernacle for the spirit of a living God, for his glory. I love it, church, when that happens. People of God here all over the world. Because we're the church, each one of us. Wherever God has put us, we're the ecclesia of God. Where we're stationed by God today. No coincidence you're here. Doesn't matter what you've been appointed to, called to. We're a title for. You do carry much more responsibility, trust me. John 15, 16 talks about a scripture. John 15 says this. You did not choose me. My God. I wouldn't choose me. But I chose you. Come on. And then it says, and anointed you, in parenthesis, appointed. To go forth, bear fruit, in that fruit is to remain. <laughs> I am thankful that I'm a tree of righteousness today from my God. That my roots have been planted in God's kingdom. And I cannot boast about works. I can't boast about what we've done. I got saved by God. I can't say, oh, I did this. I love the phrase we used to teach a lot when I was young, when I grew up through the Jesus movement, whatever. We had bumper stickers on our vehicles. It said, I found God. I thought that was a good phrase. Until God got a hold of me and said, son, I need to shake you till everything is shaken, that all remains is me. Son, I found you. He did not choose you. Think about that. To go forth and just do what you want to do. You're a part in the puzzle of God to build a kingdom that's everlasting, eternal. And it's so exciting to be part of that. That God builds from a foundation up. He uses the hand of God. How many here are used to the term apostolic? We're in the apostolic reformation. God is using every part. The hand of God ministering through every person, every vehicle, every ministry, every church. Apostles of the kingdom, apostles of the marketplace, where you go to work on Monday morning. Not just behind a pulpit. You must walk in an understanding of God's revelation today. If you've been hearing by the Spirit of God today, you're getting the parts. They may not be fitted together yet, but I will guarantee you one thing. Just like the Holy Spirit's been given to me and you as a guarantee that by the time you leave this conference on Saturday, you will know without a shadow of a doubt your ministry, your purpose, your calling. And you'll be rooted and grounded in love. Seeing the height, the depth, the width and length of God's love for you and for all of us. That we carry the same voice all across the globe. There is no difference in us people. It doesn't matter where I'm from. It doesn't matter I'm a charismatic or a cruisomatic, as Dr. Mitchell would call me. <laughs> I call him a Pentecostal. Everybody goes, yeah, he is, man. <laughs> Listen to him pray, 4 o'clock in the morning, walking around the guest house where we're staying. <laughs> Dr. Mitchell, he must be up. What do you think? 4 o'clock, okay. 
Pentecostal. We heard from, because uh, I, I kind of I fit this way. Well, God, help me understand wisdom and understanding. Because I love parts. I love when the plan of God comes together and I stand back and say, God, it had to be you only. I didn't do a thing. I prayed and believed you and stood in faith and patience and watched you build your kingdom. And we get the excitement of standing back and go, God, look at this. But I wouldn't choose me. But he chose me to be part of his plan and purpose for such a time as this. What am I exhorting you about? As I've got to get to the Word of God, and I pray I will get to the Word of God, Scripture today, will be grounded and founded in the perfect law of liberty by the time you leave here. But you must understand when God does that in you, and the wave of the Spirit comes through your life, and the wind of the Spirit blows upon you, whoo! What happens to you when the, when the sails are rent, and the wind's blowing, the storms come in? What do you do? Does the anchor hold? Are you rooted as a tree of righteousness? That God, I'm doing all to stand and I stand, therefore I know I'm anchored in you and you're my anchor. Let the wind blow. Come on. Let people despise me. Let them not go with me. But God, my heart is set. Have affection for God. A love for God. That God, I know without a shadow of a doubt, you didn't choose God today to be here. He chose you to be here. Give him some credit, people of God. His callings, his giftings. Have you been hearing what the Spirit of God has been saying all throughout this day? It's time we give God credit for who he is. To understand who he is and then who we are in his hands. Two simple principles. Understand Jehovah, what he is. He is what you need at that very time. When you pray the names of God in the morning. He gives you everything. That's who he is. Come on. Jehovah Sitkanu, my God. My righteousness. God, I know I didn't choose you. You chose me. Then to go forth. God, I don't want to. God, I can't. How many in here today have left black heel marks on the floor when God starts dragging you somewhere and you go, no, God, I ain't going to do this. No. Come on. No. Let's be real. It happens. When you're called of God, there's a purpose in your life. And he says, I chose you, Apostle Bright. You have a purpose. And I'm going to help you. I love you enough not to leave you the same. Because Why? It's my purpose, my calling, my kingdom. Come on. Now, this is where we're going to end up before we all leave here, believe me. God builds by anointing. He does not build by anything else. It's the anointing that breaks yokes. It's the anointing that sets people free. It's not knowledge. It's not the wisdom of men, but the power of God. All right. Is your tree being shaken today? It needs to be. That's a good thing. It took me a while to figure that out as a Christian. I thought I was missing it. Well, God, I'm always being shaken. I'm not sobbing. I'm not like my brother and sister. You're always dealing with me. What's the deal? They're doing things, but you're telling me, no, don't do that. What do you mean I can't do that? They're doing that. Come on. 
God shakes that tree. He says, I've called you to bear fruit. Fruit that remains. Not your own fruit. That's good for a season. Fly in. Fly out. How many know those as friends you've had in over your past time in your life? Come in and go out. Revolving door. Remaining fruit means you're rooted. We are in the same boat. Fellas in the same boat. Fellowship. Fellas in the same ship. Gals in the same ship. Do you understand that? Why do we call this River's Edge International Fellowship? Because it is an anointed fellowship. Parts supplying the whole. Now I'll leave you with this. and I promise I'll get to my scripture. I think I will. Amen. Keep praying for me. But you have to understand. I kept hearing all throughout this morning sessions about the well of God. The river of God flowing. Knowing what God is doing. What are you doing, God, in Ghana? What are you asking us to bring forth your word in this country, in this continent of Africa? What are you asking us to bring? Because why? It's his will, not mine. God brings forth that revelation. And then we have to simply obey it and do it. How many here are thankful for Mama Pam with her message this morning? I will guarantee you, you would not hear that message in many churches in America. They won't touch it. But God says, go ahead, touch it. So Pam comes forward and says, wow, man. It's like Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. Man, I come in fear and trembling. I don't know if I want to do this. But yet I come in the power of God. Why? He knew transformation. He knew the story of the living king inside of him. I have been changed from glory to glory, faith to faith. I am not the same creature I was. I'm a new creation. It's all gone. The old is past. Come on. I'm a new creation. He brought forth the resurrection power of God. That's the power we're looking for. Transformed lives. In all the things we do. So, we're equippers this morning. This afternoon. Throughout all Saturday. Equippers. The hand of God working. To what? Equip the saints. But before you can equip saints, who needs to be equipped? Equippers of God, help me. Come on. I heard it once today already. Who's equipping the equip? Curs, equippers. <laughs> it's got to be the Holy Ghost. It's got to be this through the school of the Holy Spirit. It's got to be the anointing within. Do you understand that? It's the anointing that breaks a yoke. It isn't information. It isn't just knowledge. What you've been taught. No. Bible school. Seminary. We are back home called cemetery. Because it's a funeral service sometimes. There is no joy. There is no happiness in sharing the gospel of Christ. It's like drudgery. I've got to do this, God. Okay, it's my job. My job, especially I'm a quipper, I gotta do this. Wow. Wrong side of the fence. Saints. Wrong side of the coin. Flip it over. That's all you gotta choose to do is think, okay, God. I gotta be humble enough to say, hey, I got nothing. You have it all. So I'm available. You fill it. Now. The wisdom and the understanding that you keep hearing by the Spirit of God 
is to know today a fellowship, it builds something. It builds the plurality of eldership. It builds the one voice of God from many voices together. Many wellsprings, many wells of life, rivers of life here and here. Dr. Mitchell talked about the well. I can't take from that well. Especially if that virtue or abuse to you. Like, no, that's, that's tainted. Well, let's get smart about this, church. We're all tainted. There is no one who is up there with God. Come on, we've all fallen short of what? Glory of God. It's His habitation. That's what we're building, a habitation for God. His presence when we show up, when people gather. You want God's glory to fill the house, don't you? You want God's glory to fill your home. You seek His face, you ask for that. But guess what? You only have one will, you only have one part. What does fellowship truly mean to you today? Fellowship means each of you have a part and you only have a part and it takes every part for you to be the whole voice for God. What am I thinking about? What am I trying to say? You take a stream, a river, that's tainted water, either polluted by nature or polluted by (laughs) chemicals, whatever. How does that water stream become pure? You add more water to it. The more water you put in the river, the more purified it gets. The more water you pour in, guess what? It gets purified. The more parts that supply the whole, we all become purified. And we have that clear, clarity voice to God to say, this is who we are. Does that make sense to you? That's fellowship. Gosh, let's just walk through the Word of God and look at this and see what God has told us about His Word. That we need to understand when we read the Word of God, it comes directly from heaven. It's a living thing. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That should be each of our goals here this conference. That led to a Word God become flesh through me. And I thank God for one. He took out a stony heart, put in a heart of flesh, a touchy-feely heart. Oh, come on. That I can commune with God, I can walk and talk with God in the garden in the morning, pray. Anytime I want to, on work, wherever I'm at, doesn't matter, driving my car, on the flight to Ghana. They call you strange sometimes, say, well, what's wrong with that guy? What's, he's, he's talking gibberish. What's going on over there? I'm just talking to God. You're doing what? I'm talking to my God. Oh, he's your God. Oh, yeah, he's my God. He's the author and finisher of my faith. And they go, what faith is that? (laughs) The door swings wide open, man. Woo! I got to go through that, baby. Ah, this is what Jesus means about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. What's the world look at? Only what is seen, what is built. Structures, outward appearance. It's time we look at each other, the parts in this room today. By the anointing in their lives. And understand God builds from the inside out. Religion will build from the outside in. If you hear a taint of religion or a taint of judgmentalism during this conference, and it comes from us equippers, how about helping you be equipped? You can call us on it. I'm telling you right now. Why? 
because I need your river, your stream to keep me from getting polluted in my own little stream, my own little kingdom. Well, have you been hearing that today? All right. That was just a little ex- exhortation for you. Is that all right? Come with me to the Word of God, John 15, 16. You have your Bibles, I know you do. If you don't, by the time you leave here Saturday, you're going to have a Bible. You're going to have a, a Bible, believe me. Because God's going to make you open it up. It's important you understand. God's chosen you, you didn't choose Him. He's anointed you, appointed you to hear throughout this conference what the Spirit of God is saying to His church, you and me. The hand of God working together as a team, as a fellowship. Serving one another. Have you been hearing that all day? What is the greatest in the kingdom? A fellowship of believers. And all of a sudden, they're serving everybody. Serving everything. Community. Outreach. Not just us four and no more. My church. My people. Come on. We're servants to the God. That's what God's saying. So it's important you understand together. Together we clean up the water, the river of living water. I can only be more purified when you, brother, you, sister, obey God in your calling and purpose. And in gentleness and love, <laughs> Galatians 6.1 restore a brother or sister who's fallen from sin or else make sure you stick your foot out and trip them before they get too far down the hill. We need each part to supply, causing the building up of the body in what? You heard it last session. In love. If you don't operate that way, if you don't function that way and think that way, God. Before this is over, you'll hear that about a renewed mind. You'll hear about a new heart God's given you. You'll hear about the new spirit from Ezekiel that God gave you. Our part in this whole picture is to get this thing renewed. Come on. God gave the other part, gave you a heart, gave you his spirit. Now go and renew your mind, son. Why would I want to do that? So you can prove the acceptable and perfect will of my kingdom. If you don't have this renewed between your ears... You aren't doing my kingdom's work. So you'll hear about a process. It's from the heart to create a fruitful mind to God. It comes from here and comes out. Grace works from here. Inside out. Religion works from the outside in. How many laws personally have you put up there? And you thought that was the good thing. Well, we're here today to encourage you. It ain't the God thing. It's not the God thing. God works from the inside out. If you want to be an equipper for God and equip saints for work and ministry, we got to be equipped first. We got to be hand in hand with God, walking with God. And guess what? Yeah, we do have a history, Dr. Mitchell, like you said. God knows my history. He knows when I failed. He knows when I didn't obey him. But you know what? He loves me so much. You know what he's going to do? Give me another chance. Come on. Well, God, you know, I mean, I know about the power of your kingdom, and we're talking about power of God and signs and wonders and miracles. I believe that really establishes authority and domain across a region or a country. But God, I just, I'm just not called to that. Call it what it is. Disobedience. You've chosen not to obey your God. 
Now, one more last little seed. Start planting here. I'm planting a furrow. Okay, I'm digging a, digging a plow, plowing a furrow. Putting one more seed in there. You got that? Whew. If you have told God, <laughs> well, God, I, I can't do that. Well, God, maybe it's I won't do that. Come on. All that saying from his voice to your life over that period of time is to say, son, daughter, you must not understand the term the lordship of Christ. You tell me, oh, you got my heart, Lord. You got it all, God, do what you want. But yet there's little pieces. We will not give God and surrender those two and ask him to be the Lord of all. Just say what it is. Okay, God, I have trouble with this. I have trouble with my brother and my sister. That part that you put beside me. But I'm supposed to know that part is crucial? That you knew how to put that part in my life to understand the times that now is the time for that to happen? It can't be true. Been there, done that. But then we get the mind of the Spirit. Be a spiritual man and woman of God. Don't be one of the outside, men of wisdom. Knowledge, how to build outwardly, build inwardly. Let my spirit, let my power change you. Let me transform you, son, daughter of God. That's the fun part about who we are in Christ today. Giving him the availability to transform me. And I thank God he'll listen to me. I come in the presence of God sometimes, I'm sure Randy does, like a mad dog. I mean it. I just tell him what I think. I don't tell people what I think. I've learned that one. <laughs> but guess what? You tell God. Who else are you going to talk to to get the right spiritual wisdom? If you don't get it from heaven, you won't bring heaven to earth. You'll bring man's wisdom and build an own kingdom, and it's going to be demolished before it's over. It'll burn. You might as well get it from heaven. Your God, your Father. And His paternal care of your life, He'll always be there. He'll never leave you, forsake you. He'll be right there in the spot for you. Come on. Now, we ask God so, so many times for a phone call or for a voice or a prophetic word. When I just want to encourage you today, He has written you a letter. You don't need a phone call. You don't need a word of prophecy. They'll come. They should confirm what you already know. But this is living. A living epistle of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's a living thing. You got a letter from God. You're special. Yeah. I got it. You kidding? No, no kidding. That's why I tell you, if you don't have a Bible and you came here, we're going to get you one before you leave. We want to send you a letter. From who? Ha, ha, ha. Thank you. That's how we do it. Let's get smart. Each part supplies. Each part brings us to the revelation, knowledge of a truth, saying, my God. How many today would say this? Man, I need my sister Lauren. Come on. The message Jesus carried, what was delivered here, all you saw was Jesus and him crucified. In a resurrected life, she understands the power of transformation. That's our process. So understand the power of God is to transform us, to bring us to the knowledge of the truth. I labeled him Pentecostal. I label me charismatic, charismatic. I don't know, call it what you want. I label you uh, 
Oh, let's see. Evangelistic. Evangelical. That's your way. You've come into the stream of God. Evangelical, really. Pentecostal in a way. But you're all a blend of things. So I sat there during the service when she was ministering. I have never heard this lady preach or bring the word of God. I know her, her heart, and, and work with her and talk with her. I have never seen her on the God's gift through her, making herself available through obedience, simple obedience. Okay, God, I'll say it. I'll leave black heel marks, but I don't want to, but okay, I'll do it. Okay, God, I can do it. I'll do it. This message you saw, I asked God, okay, God, I don't use labels for many people, but I love parts. Because gifts and callings are by God. I want to help people get into their calling. What are you called to do? What's your gift? What's your motivational gift? Because that's charis. That's charismatic. That's the charis movement. That's the joy of the Lord. If you're not in your gifting, you don't have any joy. Figure that one out. Okay, God, I need my brother, Apostle Bright, to tell me. I don't have any joy, bro. What's the deal? Okay, what are you doing? I'm doing this, this, this. And he just shakes and goes, well, brother, you are graced to do that. I need him. To speak the truth and love to me, saying, you know what? You're probably thinking, too small, dude. You're in your own little world. You're on Ninth and Main on the highway, one little box, for us four no more. My church, my community, this is it. This is my purpose. Woo! God is here to blow those walls out and kick them out today for you. It's time we start thinking the way the master thinks. We have the mind of Christ yeah. in things. You individually have the mind of Christ for one another. It's so much fun to do that. I can't see my own gifting sometimes, Grace, because I'm in the trees. I'm in the forest chopping trees. <laughs> it takes a person outside the forest to walk in and say, wow, there's a tree chopper. I mean, really? And that person may not even know. Oh, that's what I am? That's what I am, really neat. We need to know each other by the gifts and graces God put in our lives. See, there's the water of God. There's that purification. There's the hand of God, the power of God, bringing the transformation. So when you're here today, you're in this conference, not by coincidence, but purposeful, intentional by the hand of God. You begin here on this Wednesday session with all of us, with the hand of God, apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. The equipper standing before you, helping you understand, just as you are, to equip others. That when you leave this place, you're not in the same place you began. You're down the highway 20 miles. Oh my God. And you've gone through that wall that you probably built yourself. It's called breakthrough. It's called breakout. And all that is is surrendering that little bit. Matters of the heart. We're going to get there for this whole conference. I know it is. That's what God's been saying. It's a heart thing what we're talking about here. God's building from the heart outwardly. Then he comes to the fruit of mind. And then it takes that substance of faith to apply it. Isn't that what God's word says? Apostle Bright about that? They heard the word, but they didn't mix faith with it. With the word they heard begins here. Wow, changes that. But it's all in that spirit of faith. And that's what you want to deliver as equippers. You want to stand before God's people, just like Solomon. Anointed of God, equippers of God. So when you impart something, it's from heaven. And it builds spiritual kingdom. You with me? Fellowship in the same boat. We're all fellows. We're all the same people in the same boat. We truly are. I really believe that. 
His word is very true about that. Now go to John, let's see, eh, John. Uh, go to John chapter 1, 1 to 2. Clock says 2.15, so I guess I started early. But they told me I could go till 3. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but let's go through the Word of God, the perfect law of liberty. Let's get this living Word within us, what it's saying here. So go to John chapter 1, verse 2. I read from the Amplified Bible a lot. Anybody read from the Amplified? Or other translations, the message, or whatever. This is from the Amplified. John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says this. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word of God, was the Word of God Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. He was continually <laughs> existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. So if the Word was flesh, woo, in the beginning, it is still today, hasn't changed. This is, the, this is Christ alive in your life. I want to encourage you, if you don't have that time of study time with God, you've got to get it. You've got to have prayer time. But guess what? You've got to have time in the Word of God. Like the apostles wrote the book of Acts. Get some other people, some deacons, raise them up. Choose from among you. Help to serve God's people somewhat. Get, get them fed. But we need to spend time in the Word and in prayer to hear what? Revelation that's coming from God. So when I stand before you, I can give you the wisdom and understanding what God has given me to say. Yeah. Does that make sense? There's a process here, what God set up in the beginning. But in the beginning, it's so important. In the beginning, the co-eternally with God, Jesus was there. This Word is Him speaking to you. We approach it that way. It's alive. We approach it with reverence and humility. Do you understand that? Are you there with me? Now go to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to go through uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to go through some scriptures here with you really quickly. I'm just making some statements to solidify why you are here. No coincidence. You can change the world today if you understand the timing of God. And the time that you're in, whew. John chapter 1. Uh, second, second Peter chapter 1. Okay, here we go. Talking about God's Word. Amplified again. So we have the prophetic Word made more certain. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, you need to start right there. So we have the prophetic Word made more certain. This is Amplified. 1 Peter 1.19. 19. I thought you said... What, yeah, what word? It's like, oh, we got a long way to go here then. No, just kidding. <laughs> Verse 19. So we have the prophetic word made more certain. God has given you a letter. He wrote you a letter. You're special. He knows you by his word. Oh, yes, he does. You do, <laughs> you do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp Shining in a dark place until the day dawns, the light breaks through the gloom, and the morning star arises in the hearts. A more sure word of prophecy is what some translations say. You heard it today. Well, God, I need a word. <laughs> Tell me your direction, God. Give me a purpose. What, what am I doing here? Have my sister Lawrence speak over me, prophesy over me. 
Come on. Wrong side of the fence. You want to be on this side of the fence. That you've already heard it from God, confirmed from God. You have purpose, you have rounding, you have rooted in God. And you're standing in His purpose and destiny. And now someone comes along like Sister Lauren. Believe me, she will. And she'll speak a word of prophecy over you. To confirm what you have already got from heaven. Not to tell you where to go, because you haven't been going there. Come on. It all begins through this word. We have a more sure word of prophecy, 2 Peter 1, chapter 19. Now, 2 Peter, next verse 20. I'll say it just like it's written and amplified. And listen to my words. But understand this first of all. Oh, but, 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 there's so much more, you know. But understand this first of all. A building block, <laughs> a foundation has to be this word. I can't live on Brother Bright's word. Come on. I can't come to the assembly of the conference just to get a word from him. I've got to get a word from God here. My validation, my affirmation, my validation, and my accountability is one to another. That I've heard God. That I'm walking in the voice. I'm hearing God. Hearing the Spirit say, do this. That's what the Apostle Paul did. When he came to Jerusalem. 14 years in where? Not in church. In the cathedral. In the desert, folks. 14 years in the desert. Well, I've been there. <laughs> but that's where God shows up in power Come demonstration. Yes. And by the word that's in you, you can defeat what's coming down your way. Yeah. It's your ammunition. It's the gift that you have in you. It's only this living word. It isn't what Brother Bright told me I was going to be. It'll fail, I'll fail every time. Because I'll keep coming back to him. Keep coming back to the pastor. Came back to the main person. Whoever they may be. Oh, they're the minister of home groups. Oh, they, they had the answer. Oh, they're senior pastor. Oh, he has the answer. She has that answer. Man, that just be broken. God need to know they can go to God themselves. And get the gold and hear revelation from, from God himself. Yes, you'll confirm it. Do you understand this? The process is not you get them to a place. <laughs> oh, come on now. Oh, this is so good. You've got to understand the process, how God builds. You don't equip the saints with your wisdom, your knowledge, and your information in the scripture you throw out every That's day. Right. That's right. Even a person on the street, a marketplace, you don't equip them that way. Come on. Come on. You equip them how they can hear God, go to God, His Word, that's anointing within them, that you can hear God. You have no man need to teach you. It's within you. Where's the kingdom? It's within you. Bishop Ben, we know that. That's why I need my brother. I may forget that on my path, and I may deviate from that. My lamp's going dim. We'll get to Matthew 25 probably next session. But that's important. We can get oil from God. We can get the anointing from God and God alone. That'll break a yoke in your church, your ministry, in someone's life who you just met in the restaurant? Come on. No, that ain't awful. Come on now. God's shaking us. We're His. We're the light on the hill. Come on now. Take off the bushel basket. Let it happen. Are we there? But understand this first of all. 
that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of, or how it comes from other one's own personal opinion or special interpretation, but no prophecy was ever made by an act of a human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Be understanding. Understand this first of all, Paul tells us. Get back to the simplicity and let the power of his word change you. Change your heart. It's from here out. In the spirit of his word, it's living, it's alive. It's sharper than two-edged sword. Hebrews 4.12. Scriptures we'll be going through as we go through this someday. Next few days. Revelation chapter 1.3. Again, Amplified, it's just where I got most of this is where I've been reading lately. Revelations chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed, happy, prosperous, to be admired is he who reads Like that? Is that good? Are we good? Two things as you go through this. Blessed, happy, prosperous. He who reads, not just read it, not just have time in your devotional time. Read it, and then what does it say? (laughs) And hear the words which are written in the heeding, in the text, heeding them, And taking them where? The Amplified says, taking them to, oh, the temple, the tabernacle. This is my message. Downloads come in. This is the word from God. I've been asking God for the word for Sunday morning or Wednesday night. This is the word. And guess what happens? It all comes from upstairs. comes from intellect. comes from the wisdom of men. comes from knowledge. Amplified says, (laughs) I love it. Reads those who hear the words of the prophecy and who keep the things which are written (laughs) to them, taking them. Taking them. Taking them. I just took his iPad. I took it from him. Where did I take it to? I took it to my heart. That's what the Word of God says in Revelation 1.3. Blessed and happy is the man who, who reads it, hears it, and then takes it, puts it in the heart. It begins here. It's a heart matter. Do you understand that? It's not here. It's not knowledge. It's not the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Because even the Word contains the power into salvation. That'll change your life. It's a living epistle. So are you. Uh Uh-oh, are we still good? Take it to heart. For the time, this is amplified. I didn't make this up, folks. I didn't do this evangelistically. I didn't stretch this at all. It's in the text. Takes it to heart. For the time of fulfillment is near. How do you understand the times of God? How do you understand the time is near? You can't understand it without having this living word within your heart, not someone else's. 
Come on. So, <laughs> we're not the main fellas. We're not the main girls and gals and women delivering the word of God. I'm just a pizza boy. I'm delivering pizza, the goods to you. I'm giving you a meal. Not my meal. God's meal. And you take it. Eat it. <laughs> Chow it down, as we say in the States. In the heart. I love it. It's a heart matter. Goes from the heart to the head, renewing a mind. And in between that, God asks for faith to believe it. With the heart, man believes unto salvation. With the mouth, confession is made. That's our process as equippers. No other way. So how do you equip the saints for work of ministry? <laughs> You've got to be equipped yourself. I have to be equipped. Does that make sense? You have to be equipped. And you're giving people spiritual food. They take it in their heart. Because why? Their spirit is hungry. They're searching for the answers. They're attuned and alive to hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. And you bring that word that came right from heaven. And trust me, we all go through it. Studying for this session, we all went through it. Well, God, this is the word you gave, but it doesn't seem like it fits in understanding the times. Well, it just doesn't quite, where does it jive? Come on. Trusting him that my part will supply, causing the whole to build up in love. The body will be built. It's my part. I don't have it all. You don't have it all. Every part builds us up. The water stream, the river gets better and better and more pure and more pure. And before you know it, you hear the roar of a river. I live in Colorado. I love to get down the stream and walk down the river. It starts out a real small trickle. You go down a few more miles. It gets wider and wider. All of a sudden, you see the cliffs, and it starts roaring down. It becomes a mighty river. How did that happen? Tributaries came in. More rain came in. Different angles came in. Different parts started supplying. And that little trickle that I just go, you know, fishing in. Oh, it's so nice up here. I walk down to the rapids because all those tributaries are coming in. And you've got a roaring river that will cleanse anybody's soul, including mine. Bears witness with us, church. People of God, saints, equippers, that's what we do. Do you see that? For the time for fulfillment is near. <laughs> How do you fulfill the time of God? Understanding it? There is one way. It's taking this to heart. Not let someone else build your life. Someone else's anointing. It's your own. That God says, watch me take you from where you think you are to where there's no... It's endless. It's timeless. It's hidden for a thousand years. Oh, what? If it's the word of God. If it's my will, no. It'll die. It'll burn. But if it's the word of God, it's going to stay. So there's two kinds of disciples. One that reads. One that, <laughs> one that reads only. Another one that hears and takes it to heart. So that transformation begins. And we start looking like Jesus. Whew. Now. <sighs> how many in this room today, if I ask you a question, how many know you're loved by God? How many are certain you're loved by God when your circumstances change, 
when the money runs out, when your friends despise you and leave you, the church building burns down, something is gone from your life, kids, children leave, come on, and you still say, yeah, I don't know about that, because uh, I'm kind of, you know, whatever. Come on now. I'm just being honest. God's voice speaks very clearly to me and says, Now, son, you don't understand this phrase, the lordship of Christ. You think you do. You preach it. You teach it. But there's things yet in your life. You've not surrendered them to me. You've not given me that part because you really have given up on that. This is key. That means there's somewhere in my life, in my heart, there's some, some issue that I have put under the rug, that I'm strong enough to move on. We're supposed to, you know, move it on for God. But I love the way God works. <laughs> he loves you as two different people. He loves you exactly where you are today, where I am now. And he loves you, brother, where you're going to be. Oh, I love that. That, to me, is that definition of intercessor. He stands in the gap between and says, Alan, I know. I know where you are now. I love you just the same. Don't worry about it. I know you're failing. You missed it. Come on. But come through this. I'm interceding for you. Why? Because I know what your purpose and destiny is supposed to be. Where's that voice in our equipper's vocabulary or impartation? Do we carry that for people's lives? Do we redeem people from the law, from where, they're, where they've been? Is it meritorious? Do we bring them back to the knowledge of the truth? That sets them free. See, God's truth doesn't, it's not a process of becoming something. Now hear this really good. With the, eye, with the ears of the Spirit. You have to understand something about this. How God's process is. How he moves through our lives. He loves to deal with the past in our lives. He has to. He wants to make him Lord of that. Understand that. But he's motivated by what? Love. Never fails. To get you out here somewhere. To get the destiny he has for you. So where is that voice in your life to the equip as quippers? Do you impart that to saints? Do you do that? Do you do that in that way? Or are you still giving them tradition? Well, brother, you need about, take these four steps from this uh, office today and from this service, and I'll give you four steps how to really improve your marriage. Dr. Mitchell talked about marriage, so I'll just use that as an example. <laughs> take these four steps. Matter of fact, no there's, no, 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 there's seven. Take these seven steps how your marriage will improve. I will guarantee it. You'll get to about number two or three and say, I can't do this. What is that? As an equipper, you're working from the outside in. You're in religion telling them this is how you will become something. You're a becoming something person. I'm here to establish you and rooted and grounded in God's word, which is truth that sets you free. It will not set you free. It has set you free. You begin from that root. You begin from that foundation. You establish your life upon a done deal. It is finished. God, I love that. Sometimes God does shout to me. But then he finally says, son, you understand I'm not in the shout. I'm speaking to you all the time. And that's still a small voice. But yeah, he's got to shout to me sometimes. 
Quit it. I mean, come on. Let's be real. Still be a little saintly about this. What are you quipping people about? If they don't do what you do, how you minister and how you act so you know, saintly, they'll be condemned. That spirit of condemnation will get in. They're going to fall short of that. I can't do that. I can't, be, I can't be like Lauren. Why is that? Because my gifting is not an evangelist. Come on, get smart. Now, I'm not declaring you're not or you are. I'm just throwing that out there as, as a... But she is. <laughs> but God, I wanted to be. Come on, I wanted to sell my home, pack, a tra- pack up a trailer, get in a mobile home and around the world. No cares, nothing to worry about. But what did God gift you to do? Son, you're not an evangelist. Come on. That's how God does things. So what are you equipping people with? Is it outside in or is it knowing God through his word, grace from the inside out, going, okay, I heard God. God says this through his word. And it's fun to be in counseling sessions. I don't like to counsel much. I get to a point I can say, admit it and quit it. I mean, come on, we've all been there because there's a lot going on. I haven't got time for this. Admit it and quit it because I'm, I'm going A to Z. I'm on a purpose. I'm on a mission. And people get to know me. Well, can you walk and talk with me? Why? I'm on a mission. Then they stand back here and say, man, he's cold-hearted. I've got to find me a better ministry center or church or fellowship. Come on. Judgmentalism, it's mental. You just thought that that person, but the calling is what drives that person. It's the anointing that builds the kingdom of God. It's not just personality. Let's get smart about this. Anointing builds. We all got to get there in anointing. So if you're one of those individuals, no, not hearing the word of God, you need to hear it today. What he's saying by his spirit. Write down some notes. Think about what he's saying to your life. Another scripture I'll give you. Got a few minutes left. Romans 12.1. Let's go there real quick. Romans 12.1. Just to plant seed in your life. God has been furrowing by his spiritual plow, the furrows of my life, your heart, breaking up that fallow ground that we can receive this incorruptible word of God in our lives. Now we're back to what? He sent you a letter. Get it into your heart today. Okay? Romans 12.1. Transformed, not conformed. You probably know the scripture very well. But there's areas in your life that you're not letting God can transform you. So how can you help transform others? Now, stay with me. As I matured and grew and spent time with God, he chastened me the way I thought about that message. Well, God, grace is grace. I mean, even though I'm, you know, I don't really have the message yet in my life, I can still deliver the word, and you'll honor the word, God. You know what God does? Oh, yeah, he'll honor the word that goes forth, and it won't return void. But guess whose life will be left in disarray? Because I only read it. I didn't hear it. I didn't take it to heart. 
and let the power of heaven transform me. So when I stand before God's people, we bring the message from heaven to earth. That's how the kingdom comes. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. If you don't have a message from heaven and haven't gotten that, go get it. You want your ministry, your church, your ministry to flourish and to grow? There's one answer. You got to grow yourself. Get rooted in the glory and presence of God. I'm serious about this. So I leave you with this. Understand the importance of you being here in this conference for such a time as this. This is serious stuff, but not hard to do. That's the part I love. Because up here it tells me, oh, that's serious stuff, God. I, I can't. I won't. Come on now. How does my heart, the word that I kept here, get to transform this? It comes one way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Brother, it's your evidence you carry. I don't care what Ralph's telling you <laughs> or Betty Lou's telling you. Oh, God, that's not God. And you stand there and say, thank you for the word. I love you. You're a Christian, right? You love Jesus? Well, guess what? You're family. You're my family. You're my brother and my sister. I love you. But guess what? I got to step back and go this way. Will you walk and talk with me? I gotta, I'm on a mission. Come on. You don't tarry. You don't build a tent. You don't build a ministry. Come on now, here I go. Don't build a ministry other than that comes from the heaven above that's anointed and sanctified by Him. Don't call it what you want to call it. In God is all things. He will be the changer of your life. He will be the deliverer. He'll be your salvation. He'll be the Zoe life that you've asked for. Someone else needs to hear about. Now, I'm going to say, say some phrase to you, and I want you to understand this as you heard what's been delivered here. Because it's a, we put labels on so much. Over the course of action, we've walked through many years with many pastors and ministries. It's amazing how people get so specific in what ministry they have. They start out kind of general. And they do all things for Christ. And we just are amazed. But all of a sudden, they narrow that perspective. And they get down to being, yes, I'll have the ministry of this. And you're going, you began in the spirit there. Uh, how did you get here? Oh, God spoke to me. I just know it's it. All of a sudden, you start sharing God's word. Their hearts get open. Other friends come along the path and confront in love and say, you know what, Jeff, I know what you're saying, but we all got that. Oh, what'd you say? You all got that. I don't personally have a ministry of deliverance. I personally don't have a ministry, oh, here we go, of healing. Come on. Oh, it's, it's mine. Oh, he, he, I mean, he prays for sick and they get saved. He, he's got a ministry of healing. And man, I tell you what, 
I wish I had that. I'm here to deliver the goods to you today. You got that. If Christ is in you, the hope of glory, all the fullness of heaven within you, seated in high places with Christ, every spiritual gift given to you to function, God would not give you something to build and not give you the tools to build it with. Come on. We all got it. The apostle, prophet, pastor, and teacher. We're here, evangelists, to help them understand that and equip people to understand the revelation from God. Guess what? God, you're more concerned about the saints than you are with even leadership. Well, I thought I was the one you're really spending time with. Come on. Take yourself out of that slot, out of that position, and let God be God to that saint. Teach him how to hear God, walk with God, read the word of God, and do the work of the ministry. So what are you doing? You're backing away. You're not, you're not just up there, you know, oh, come on now. You can become a saint. Oh, now come on to church about 25 times. And that 26 times, I guarantee you, a light bulb will go off. And you'll be a true disciple of Christ. When my word tells me the letter God sent me, I begin there as a disciple of Christ. He's given me all that. Come on. I don't need to become something. I need to know what he's already given me. I don't need more of his love. You already have everything he gave you. Come on now, that's revelation. To get you, where do you begin this thing at? It's almost like going backwards. Especially when you've been out in ministry many years and you go to church, you may have 10, you may have 1,000, and you're out there on the platform preaching and helping God. You know, I'm doing the work of the ministry, God. Then God starts dealing you from your heart. Take it to heart, son, watch what happens. And all of a sudden, you'll be doing this. Well, God, I thought I was supposed to go forward. I am going backward. What's, what's the deal here? Then you become a servant for all. The greatest. And then now you're grounded and rooted in the heavenly call to push up and be, I call it, a ladder holder for others. That's the process of equippers. You will go through that process. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You're not condemned because oh, I'm going through that. You'll go through it because he'll purpose. He wants to give you that equipment. He wants you to understand the revelation. You already got it, Ben. You know it. I can prophesy to you and tell you the word of the Lord. And you're going, yeah, that, uh, I heard, that's right. I heard that. But guess who needs to know it first? Come on now, Bishop Ben. Guess who needs to know it first? My sister. Because how would you know if I gave you the word of the Lord that sounded right Sounded like thus says the Lord. And you're not walking in the word and walking with the Lord. You're going to say, oh, that's God. All of a sudden, now you're off task. Now you're shifted. See the picture? Equippers, we keep people on the path. You've heard it all day long. Religion works outside. Grace works on the inside. It's the Holy Spirit power to change us. That's transformation. That's what you long for. So what am I challenging with today? Transformation is what, where God lives. That's his kingdom. Come on. When you're looking to the perfect law of liberty, it should transform you. Not condemn you, but convict you. Man, God. To open your eyes to Revelation saying, you, you mean I, I can do I can lay hands on the sick and I can watch them recover? That's Apostle Bright's job. I mean, that's, that's what the five-fold ministry does. 
That's what we tell people in church sometimes. Reverse the fence. Get on the other side of the fence. Reverse the coin. That person in the back row may be your first-time visitor who just came into the meeting because they heard singing or worship sitting in the back row. Come on now. God has that purpose and vision for that person, and you're called to equip him and hold them up and say, man, come on now. One of the neatest things I've ever saw was a word of prophecy from an individual. A guy came in out of work into a, into a building, all full of grease and grime because he'd worked as a mechanic. Came in the back row. But he drove up in a car that was totally restored. An old Chevy, an old Oldsmobile, or an old car. But it was pristine. He loved cars. See where I'm going with this? Sat in the back row. The person who was ministering heard God, saw the man walk in. He was preaching a dynamic message right in the middle of it, man, right in the thick of it. He stops. Heard God. Said, you go declare that man who he is. That he's a restorer of lives of my people who I have called by my name. Now you go tell him that and set him in. It's a mechanic full of grease. Come on now. What would we do as equippers? Well, yeah, well we've got to kind of buff him up a little bit. Change his shirt. <laughs> I mean, do something. But God spoke. Think about that. But from what he was doing outside, told that evangelist, you tell him now spiritually he will do what he's doing in the natural. He will be a restorer of somebody's life. Wow. You talk about two and two made four. The whole place just went nuts. Because why? People saw a vision. You mean God can use me? Come on. Well, I thought I needed to come to church to be used. Yes. But guess where? God wants to use you in the world. You've got to send them forth. That's apostolic. That's what it means. You're a sending force. The equippers of God send people. Apostolic apostle means a sending one. What are you doing keeping them? What are you doing restoring them? What are you doing restraining them? That is not the liberty in Christ that I am aware of. I'm just telling you personally. Going through the grinder, the, the prime wine press. That's God's anointing, not yours. That's his process. Do you understand that today? So it's important you understand. Romans 12.1. In the context, I'll make one note. Chapter 11, 39, right before it, it talks about Romans eleven thirty six says, from, For from him all things originate, and through him all things live and exist. And to him are all things directed. To him be glory and honor forever. Amen. Then Paul writes from Ephesians 12 about what? being conformed. I'll pause there because we try to do that so much. We want people to conform to the image of what we think we need them to be. When God says transformation occurs the opposite. <laughs> you as equippers tonight, today, throughout this week, you're designed to transform people's lives in the same power from heaven, not to conform. So any conformity you've done in your life, in your ministry, in your place of employment, whatever, trying to conform people, even to be the Christian, it's time you let go of the wisdom of men in the power of heaven and just speak the word with authority and, and delegation and declare to them what they're called to be in God's heaven. The way he sees them, watch God. God, 
build his kingdom through you. And you haven't been to church yet? I don't understand that. <laughs> Come on. Our job. Equip 98% of the people that will attend your ministry in your church. Guess what? They're not going to be groomed to be behind here. 2% by the things I read will be given to ministry full time. 98% on Monday morning will go back into that marketplace and be what? A defeated, not victorious Christian? Or would they be the ones called of God to bring the great harvest that's coming in? And you've equipped them to say, Sally, I want to encourage you who you are. To know who God is and then really to know, you've got to know who you are. Ooh, you kidding me? We open doors for people. We swing doors wide open. Every place we go, why? The gifts of God need to be activated. See it clearly. Kick the door open. Open doors for people. Don't shut them. We've all been hurt. We've all been dumped on. We've all been, oh, come on. Everybody's got a story in the room, correct? We all do. You've got to be door kickers. Kick it open for the will of God to be done in our life. And speak the word of God with power and authority over their lives. Declare who they're going to be. Declare it and declare and say, son and daughter, this is what I see in you. The spirit of God says, guess what you're going to do? You're going to be <laughs> loaded down in shoes. Do you hear that? In what? God, I can't. I mean, that's stupid. Shoes. Well, what did he do? He obeyed God. Shoes. We're in a restaurant. What's the deal about Shoes. That's what God is calling us to in these hours. We're all here for that equipping. Equipping the saints work for the work of ministry. We're all true equippers. It doesn't matter where they come from, where, they, where they're stationed in life. That is their pulpit. I'll leave you with that. That is their pulpit. God designed it. God called them. It's their destiny. It's their purpose. Man, I'll tell you what, I, I have three beautiful daughters, all grown up, 38, 30, I get it wrong, 31, 2, uh, 30, yeah, 38, 35, and 32. That was close, probably. <laughs> anyway, and they were raised in church because we pastored for many years. But now they're, you know, in the marketplace, in business. One's an ER nurse. <laughs> you talk about an activity. Talk about an environment that's nuts. ER. Middle daughter, Alana, <laughs> in the marketplace. Oh, yeah, I prayed I wanted her to be an evangelist. I wanted her to be just like Lauren. I did. God, give her opportunity. Give her opportunity. In other words, what am I thinking? In a ministry, planted from here, we send her out, we sponsor her. Oh, this is what evangelist, how it's done, God. But then God comes by by his word and says, uh -uh, marketplace uh, ministry, this is what I've given your daughters. Oh, no, no, they're going to be in church. They're used to God here. Now, come on. Middle daughter Alana. ER nurse with everybody rushed in. <laughs> Blood everywhere. <laughs> Guts spill, spilling out. Tubes hanging down. And she's in that place knowing that's where my purpose and calling of God is. Why? To be the evangelist in the marketplace. I love her testimony when she comes through. Oh, you betcha. When she talks about it, it just edifies you. But God uses her 
to speak peace over situations. When it's so erratic and people or families are going nuts, she just walks up and does a peacemaker and walks in the power of God and delivers the goods. One day she came and said, Dad, you know, we cater to a lot of homeless folk who come in the back door because we're in ER, so we got to take care of them legally. They can come in and sleep all night in the back, you know, four or five rooms, and we got to get them out. They came in, and we've been around homeless enough, and so have you, that sometimes they love to they carry the wrong spirit, and they always are blabbing off something, what they see and what they, you know, this word and this prophecy, they're always, they're talking. They think to God, but it's the wrong God. Came into the ER, and this guy just started reading people's mail. Oh, you are this. I see this. In you. I see, the, I see the, the glow in your life. I see this yellow thing over you. It's just like he was operating just like in word of prophecy. She deals with this all the time. Well, this guy walked up to her. And this is what he should tell her. She goes, man, Dad, I don't know what to do. He said he walked up to me. And he started to put his hand out there and start to read my mail. And he goes, I can't read it. What's, what's the deal here? And he said this to her. All I see is a cross. And he went to the next person. And she goes, well, Dad, I kind of, you know, expected more. I mean, I needed to know more about that. It's like, honey, do you understand? <laughs> You're in the right place, right time, perfect destiny. You understand that? Oldest daughter, same thing. She's been in like 15 different countries around the world. And she always encourages me and says, Dad, now it's your turn. Go for it. But it's important. She goes on a mission with an intention. My daughter had taught me how to walk in faith. Because she believed God for the finances to go to the mission field, Africa, about seven times. Starting with no money at all. Where are her parents? Well, honey, that's wonderful. That's great. We'll pray for you had no money but God I think God's told me I'm supposed to go to Africa and guess what comes in the mail letter by letter donations sending you to Africa every trip she took to Jamaica to Africa <laughs> Israel she just came back everything that in her heart she wanted to do God foot the bill through the parts that were supplying for her life because why? She was simply obeying God to go do it. Taught me how to walk in faith. What would you do when your daughter's 18 years old and she shouldn't? I mean, she's just getting out on her own. She's 19 years old. Dad, I, wanna, I think I need to buy this house. I'm going, what? Do you know the process, what it takes to buy a house and the burden, whatever? Well, Dad, I think it is. I said, no, you don't want to do that. Probably not. Remember my wife, Luann, together. No, Brenda, you don't want to do that. That's, it's not time for that. She went to the bank, got everything she needed in great favor, bought her first house. She was 19 on her own in Fort Collins, Colorado, and we didn't want her to go up there. Tell me about purpose. Tell me about destiny. I learned some things from my daughters. I was raised with three prophetesses in my home that kept me on the path. When I got discouraged, I said, nah, I guess we just, I didn't hear God and I'm not sure why we came here and all of a sudden man, that thing and then would raise up and they'd sit me down on the couch in the living room. Man, and they'd just walk back and forth. They'd hear and listen. They'd say, God, you know, why did you come? 
to this place, Dad? Well, because God called me to come. And that's why you're here. I mean, David, just boom. Don't you ever think God's not going to use you here. It's been 30 years. Just telling you. That's what we want to walk under. The hand of God. Are you with me today? You got that? So let's stand together here. It's 3 o'clock. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I pray you're all encouraged and really know there's, there's more to come. <laughs>